0: Hello,
1: this is America's Podcaster, Kirk Aceres, on my podcast, Roll Call the Podcast. Usually I don't like to start episodes off with a uh, somber, melancholy moment like this, but this episode deserves it. This is part two with my guest, Jeremy Galbraith. The thing that's happening here is that he broke down in part one, sharing and revealing his story growing up as a victim of child abuse something that affects millions of children every day of every year. We ended part one with tears, silence, and a heavy note. But I've been getting an influx of emails and messages and people wanting to help, wanting to ask me what they could do And all I'm telling you is to listen to these episodes and pass this out, spread the word. People need to hear this because this needs to stop. This cannot continue because it affects these children when they become adults. As you're about to hear, it affected him the rest of his life. But luckily he found a way out. He had someone that saved him, but many aren't as lucky. But what you're about to hear here is the true story of how he spiraled after he escaped the child abuse, how it didn't end for decades afterwards. I'm joined by my co-host, Stacey, with a dot, Tony Frost. And once again, this is America's podcaster, Kirkus Aceres, presenting my show, Roll Call the Podcast, to help change the world, to help open your eyes, to help awaken us to the problems that are out there. Join us, and let's be the change.
2: You, oh, you, man, you, you get you, you love the same ICs. results as talking.
1: These guys don't see it, but I see you on social media. His daughters are angels, and you can tell all they get is love. And it's like you would have never thought that the father of those children went through what he went through in life. Because a lot of times what's synonymous is that a lot of children of physical abuse end up continuing the cycle. They abuse. And then they abuse. And it keeps going and going and going. But you broke the cycle.
2: Oh, I was going to let the... I literally said, I'll kill myself for let the cycle continue. I, I literally would kill myself for let the cycle continue. And my brothers all feel the same. Yeah. None of us beat our kids or spank them. Or anything that, that's amazing. Them. That means innately in
1: your DNA, you guys didn't have it in you. No. Because a lot of people become serial killers. Oh, yeah. They either kill themselves or they go shoot up schools. Well, I
2: tried twice on that and I failed. And we're gonna <laughs> and we're gonna get to that. So shoot up a school? No, 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 no. I, I, no, I tried no. killing myself twice, and no. it was unsuccessful. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so
1: I'm gonna give you a hug real quick. We're going I'm gonna take give a quick hug. Uh, let's need, take a, a break. Hug. We might need a no, break right uh, now. I'm good. No, we're not taking a break. We're just taking a hug. Dude, I love you. I love you too, bro. Dude, I appreciate you opening up and sharing. Love you, man. Thank you. This is going to help so many people. Yeah. Because they need to hear that they're not alone. And you know that. Yeah. But typically, I find that out
2: because nobody wants to talk about it.
1: A lot of people are scared. I've approached a lot of friends I know that have gone through similar things and they don't want to talk about it. And I tell them, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for others to help. Mm -hmm. That's why I do the show to help people. It's not for me. I'm not getting shit out of this. You know, Tony, Stacy, we come here, we have fun, but in the end, I've created this show to help people in any way possible, and I appreciate you coming in here. So now we're going to go to the most important, one of the most important times in your life, and it's not your kids, but the event that happened that was your transition out of your father's home into the rest of your life. Tell us about that.
2: So, I had met this, my first wife at the time. I met my first wife at the time. And we were, you know, dating. I was dating her, still so stayed at home. And for some reason, my parents just didn't like her. They didn't like anything about her. And, you know, I got it, but I liked her. So, I, um, Decided I wanted to move out and get our own place and for some reason my mom did not want me to move out because she didn't want to be left alone with my dad Because <laughs> oh, you were the youngest and the everybody youngest. else was already it, gone Yeah, 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 so oh, it would be okay. leaving all the abuse to her. Yeah, right not shared. Oh interesting So right, interesting. yeah, there was a reason for her
3: real quick interjection yeah. And I, I hope I didn't miss it because I'm well, legit paying attention yeah. Your mom was not physical with you. It was just your dad no, or just, my just, dad, just my dad, just my dad, but my mom never stood up, helping.
2: she never stood up for us that okay. way a mom should have, right. you know, against that, so um, I went and told my mom, that I said, look, I can't do this anymore with him, and I was 18 or 19 at the time, this was an adult, you know, but, you know, they don't look at it like that when they abuse, you're still, they got to keep you under them, right. so they keep you, you know, stupid and dumb. So I said, I can't do it anymore. I got to get out of here. I can't do this. I'm going to kill him. He's going to kill me. And I said, I'm moving out. And she goes, you're not leaving me here with him. And I said, Mom, that's your husband. You married him, not me. And she slapped me. And I I looked at her. I said, are you fucking kidding me? And then he comes running in the room and says, did you hit my wife? I said, no. I said, she slapped me. And Mom just looks at me and says, he slapped me. And then I said, what? No freaking way. And then, oh, no, it gets good. So then he runs out of the bedroom, comes back with a loaded gun, a rifle and one carbine from World War II military style. And he points it at me and cocks the chamber. He always had a round in the chamber ready to go. Jesus. And he God. goes, get the fuck out of my house. And I was like, what are you going to do, Dad? you going to shoot me? you going to shoot me? Then go ahead and do it. I'll get the last laugh. And he looks at me and he goes, you know what? You're right. And I thought, oh wow, did I just win him over? So he grabs the gun, turns it around to the butt, and goes, boom! Hits me right in the head. With the- <laughs> 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 knocks <laughs> knocks me out on the couch. I wake up minutes later. He's on top of me, choking me out with his forearm, pushing me down. I can't breathe, and I just can't breathe. I'm telling him, Dad, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And he won't get off it. He was a 300-pound guy. Oh,
1: my God. And he was a
2: big guy. So just his weight alone on like a little, you know, 18-year-old skinny little me. was a lot. And then I finally looked at him and said, Dad, you're killing me. I can't breathe. I can't." And I was going black. And I see him just roll off. And it was like he came too. It was like whatever he was disappeared. He came to. It was like, oh, shit, I'm killing him. And he rolls off. And he's like, doesn't know what he's doing. And I jumped up. And I ran outside the front door. And I... I ran for two miles down the, sideway, the side of the highway in the night. And I slept in the middle of the woods where I could just, and I wasn't going home. And I just slept there till the next day. And then I had my brother come pick me up. And I went and I lived with my brother. And I never you never went, went and got your stuff? No, anything? I left it. I never went back and got it. And I never, I didn't talk to him for two, three, four years after that. And then finally he tried to, my mom tried to play mediator and come back and uh, but I went from there and I went and got my own place with the girlfriend at the time which became my first wife you know which didn't turn out well because after we reconciled I invited them to the wedding even though I probably should have they didn't come they didn't come to the wedding so uh, which was really crappy because my whole side was empty and her whole side was full <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that they, sucks. because my dad talked to my brothers and said well if I'm not going y'all don't go and so they didn't go so it was like nobody from mine said really unique wedding <laughs> Wow. So it was more mental abuse. Yeah. So it was like, that I just is. wanted to keep yeah. this shit going on. So then I finally said, you know, why am I here? Why am I staying here? I don't need to be in the fucking place anymore. So I was like, my dreams were to go to LA. So I just packed everything in my car, went to LA, and I never went back. And I never came so back.
1: So that, that's the event. That's the there event. There it is for everybody. Wow. And talk about an event. That is an event. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that because that is, that is profound. Because from then on, you've only gone up. For those of you who don't know Jeremy, which is everybody, he's a fucking <laughs> awesome dude. Like, you would never think that this guy experiences that. He's got such a good heart. He's one of those guys that always tells you, I love you. I'm thinking about you. He always checks in on you. And, like, he's one of those genuine human beings, man, that is hard to find. And, like, it's crazy to think that this guy went through all that fucking shit. But maybe that's why you are the way you are.
3: Right. It like, shaped really you into being a lunch fucking lunch. straight up man. You're an
1: empathetic human being because, because usually most people that aren't empathetic. I'm a very empathetic person too because I went through a lot of shit as a kid too. Most people who aren't empathetic, didn't experience shit. They had a cookie cutter life. Everything was handed to them. And they have no emotion. They're just like a, a cardboard box. So we're going to fast forward to Hollywood when you move to Hollywood. You came here, you wanted to be an actor, you wanted to be Hollywood, and you said something to me, and you said, I landed here in Hollywood, and all I was was hungry for love. Yeah. L.A., for those of you who don't know, attracts that type of person. It attracts people who are lost, confused, who don't know what they want to do, who need something, and a lot of people in L.A. are hungry for attention love they need something so you came here and you were hungry for love and you went full speed into the nightlife when you got yeah. here <laughs> the, and as he called it the dark side of hollywood which you know i I'm, i don't know you know stacy's experienced her 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 fair share of la but not really much hollywood tony i don't think so much so
3: not that kind of hover. um <laughs> I, I have.
1: Being an actor in this town, I've seen everything you can see. You luck letting it sucked into it. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. And it's literally, there's no darker place. It's almost like the dark side of Hollywood should not be on planet Earth. It's almost like purgatory.
2: Yeah. Because when world.
1: you're actually in it, it's surreal. Yeah. Like you see demons. Oh, yeah. You see the shadows. Oh, yeah. You see the evil. It's scary. it's crazy, and I did it sober. I could only imagine you because you went full speed. You drank, you did drugs, I, everything you, were, you did the off. sex world, as you call it, the trinity. Yeah. So tell me what happened. Sex, drugs, you, and alcohol. <laughs> so when trinity. you got here, when you got here, you just what what happened? You just I got just, here and you're you were like, know, what?
2: I I was searching for love, friendships, and always went out and met people, and you know, it was always me, honest and real, and I got you know people were looking for that too they looked for the real and people and i started getting invited to all the hollywood hills parties and all the, the the who's who's and every i'm not naming names we know that but all the a-listers parties yes. and, and just you know there till the sunrise and you know vampire hours <laughs> they go home and go to your job and repeat right after your, you know you go off work and do this for i did it for about six seven eight years hardcore it's a
1: nonstop thing. For those who don't know, it's yeah. like yeah, you basically go to these mansions of these people that have these parties, yeah. and the parties go all night. You leave when the sun you either leave when the sun comes up or you wake up when the sun comes up. Yeah, everybody's doing drugs. Yeah, how old were you when you got to Hollywood? Uh,
2: three. Twenty
1: two and and again, what we were talking about? He went straight to the 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 drugs, alcohol, sex, the life of Hollywood. Now you told me that you um. You found a place that you you called home. You said that you found that these people accepted you for you. Mm-hmm. You thought that's what it was, but you were living an emotionless life.
2: Yeah, in the beginning, it was they accepted me for everything. You what know, was I, this place? It was all. It was you know the after parties, the whatever went went. There was no rules. Well, so it for was. those of you
1: that don't <laughs> know that underground life, yeah. Is so dark that everyone is actually, they want to bring down everybody with each other. Right, right. So everybody makes you feel like you're special and that right. they love you and this and that. But Misery loves company. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> it was, what, that, it is. what
2: I got out of it was Misery loves company. So that's what was happening there. So, uh, yeah, so for several, many, many years, you know, I lived that lifestyle of work, drink, party, sex, drugs, work, drink, party, sex, and work hard, party hard. It's like, oh, that's the saying. We all do it. Everyone does it in Hollywood, so I'm doing nothing wrong. And to the point that it was, uh, I started to see the darkness. I started to see the, I mean, literally see, like, people, like, at parties that just weren't people. Like, you would see yeah. them preying on, praying on people and, and just, like, and I could see it and the dark side. And then it kind of hit me, like, oh, this is all about sex. This is about control. This is it's about... You know these these things they use to get you in and get you there, and then they they keep you in this place. and And I finally, you know, was in that for seven eight years. and I met my wife your your second second wife, wife, my, current, my second, wife current, current wife current wife the only one that should have been her, you didn't meet her at this one of these parties. Did no, you? she wouldn't go to those things. <laughs> she was never. This is when your life
1: yeah. really got good. But let's let's finish with yeah. the really darkness, and then we're gonna go to the good, the yeah. light. Now. Stacy or Tony, have you ever experienced any of these parties that he's talking about? I mean, Stacy, you've experienced parties, but this is Hollywood. It's, a total, it's different than the Valley. Right. Like Hollywood yeah. parties are. I like I said before, I, I'm looking back. I'm having like PTSD myself because I would go to these parties and I would drink. Mm-hmm. I never did drugs, yeah. but I would always drink, and I would see literally demons. Yeah, I would see p- guys that like their eyes were changing colors. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. I saw horns on people, like, no. I, and the, I saw shadows. I saw darkness. I saw fire. I saw so much decrepit shit at mm-hmm. these parties. Everyone fucking doing drugs. Everyone. No loyalty.
2: No, no loyalty. No nothing about the I mean, it, any, Anyone was anyone's prey.
1: No, and exactly, and it was, it was, it was nothing like you could imagine. I tell my friends back home. I think I say. I can't even describe to you what I've seen here. Right, it's nothing that's on the like on the planet, yeah. and you were living it. Like I would just seven visit these, years, but you were living it. Yeah. So day and night you would do this, and then you kept doing it and doing it and doing it. How did you pay bills? How did you get by?
2: Well, I. You know, always put a game face on, and I always was hey, and I'd always get the good jobs. <laughs> it's like, and did, then, and did then, you ever sucked it? <laughs> no, no, man. I was gonna say sometimes no. make you an overachiever. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no. That's but, just in my experience, but um. You to this defense, it's amazing how is many people. So what mean? kind like, of a question hey. did you ever suck? <laughs> you <laughs> ever suck dick?
1: Yeah. I'm like, to Tony. It was to that. Were you up? talking
3: hammer hey. to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we know,
1: you Tony. Wake, Tony, wake up! <laughs> oh, I'm awake. Hey. He's I'm just so, really I'm not touching this with a ten-foot pole. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, the only ten-foot pole he's touching is the one that's coming from behind.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. He's like, nope.
1: So, where were we? We were on the ten foot pole, <laughs> <laughs>
2: not the tip, just the tip. Oh, uh, my wife knows that one. She called it out. <laughs> I said, "I said you need to teach our daughters that one. Don't fall for it." <laughs> um. Anyways, so uh, there's nightlife for many years that I got sucked into, and it was very hard to get out of. The thing that got me out of it was just I finally woke up one morning at I think at the Standard. Or the, I want to say this st- yeah, yeah the standard and it was just, uh, what, what year was this this was before glow this was like great in this height of party and, L- well, uh, I'm because I used to live 2004 so, 2003. yeah because
1: my I lived for six years um literally in my window I could throw a freaking pebble and it would hit the standard oh wow That's window. awesome so I I, I lived on Delong Prix and yeah. Sweetser for six years in the middle oh you' are right in the, the heart could, of it the ex- in the heart of it yeah on the top floor the best apartment in the building, yeah. so you actually would so, s- wake up in the standard randomly. It, it
2: was it was a series of things that led up to that moment, but that was the moment that I was still there, and it was just this room of guys and girls all naked, just laying around, and you know. Yeah, but how many times debauchery did he, happened the night exactly? Before. <laughs> so so for those of them
1: people, the audience wants to hear this. Yeah. So when you say debauchery. There's people laying around naked. I mean, just people coke everywhere,
2: out. drugs everywhere, passed out, naked. I mean, it's just it's like. And how everyth- many times
1: would you wake? You woke up like this a lot. Oh, seven years this. of that lifestyle. And then you'd wake up, and then
2: you'd yeah. be fucking hungover. And then you and know, you either made it to work or you didn't. You got fired. You find another job or you find another show that you get on. Um, lucky me, I was always the dedicated guy that I would just go to work either hungover or high and still yeah. pull a job off. Yeah, um, I never would, you know, never got fired for anything like that, but um you 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 start to become you start to make the habit work yeah you start to make the lifestyle work for your habit mm. and that's what I was doing i was working to feed my habit not yeah. f- you know feeding the habit to work um and and then it got to the point where i was feeding the habit more than work yeah. and i started losing jobs and then you know, I kind of hit rock bottom, and some of the things. But um, that's the the beauty of it sucks you in, and yeah. then you make it work for a while till the, the addiction takes over, and then you can't make the work.
1: Now, I think you mentioned it earlier, but let's, tell us one more time: what is the event that happened during the, these times in Hollywood? This seven years of partying, partying, partying. Is there an event that woke you up that made you realize what the fuck am I doing?
2: Yes, um, it was an event that. I remember one night we went back to an after party at a friend's place and you know these girls came back with us it was this big mansion up in Woodland Hills and a good friend of mine and uh, they had coke on them we had coke and we were all partying and everything and uh, I the girl that was there I knew her from always bumping into her at clubs and we were somewhat friends but we never really hooked up or did anything we were just buddies you know and she was attracted to my friend that owned the house so you know I left him there and I went back my way and then I get a call the next morning from my friend uh calling me saying that hey like hey Jeremy like I don't know what happened I think she overdosed like she's she's dead she's dead in the bed I'm like what I was like are you kidding me and he's like no dude I said did you check her pulse he's like no I was like call 911 because yeah they're on the way here it's like so she overdosed on drugs
1: with him, and it could have been you. What well, could have been me Overdosing So did he get did he get convicted of anything? Well, or no, did, because they finally Was at his it, house. It,
2: well, I don't know what played out with that. I don't know how that played out. Wow. All I know is that uh, so it that changed is, his life too, and it changed you. Oh well, I quickly was like, okay, this is a real this is I real can't shit keep now. Going down this route, yeah, that's going to be me going down that route. And yeah. i had I had already overdosed two or three times before that, and I luckily did
1: you not. had. Oh yeah, let's hear about that.
2: <laughs> um. So one night I got in a breakup with this girl, and I was in yeah, Hollywood. In Hollywood Hartberg, which happens a lot. And you know, I just went out and did too many drugs. And I remember running down Sunset all the way, just running out of the club and running and running till I passed out in the street. And then some EMTs found me just laying there, going into convulsions. Yeah, luckily, on luckily Sunset. on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, what and club? they rushed what me club? back and. Uh, it was right next to Shelter. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Maybe shelter? shelter? Everybody no Shelter? Yeah, Shelter. Now, uh, yeah, what drugs uh, were
1: you doing that night?
2: Uh, coke. Mm-hmm. There's always Coke. The White Dragon. Um, but So, that was my poison. Um, so, I, I'm a hard one Let, let, to let me tell you,
1: you're not the only one in here that's done Coke. Yeah. The co hosts here have done it. Unfortunately, yeah. I always say I've never done it, so I have no idea. Yeah. Like, I love Tony's always describing to me. How it feels, what it does, and like I've never done it, so I don't even understand. But it's, it's, I mean, this these great. guys it's can just relate. <laughs> a, it, I, I feel it's different to for each
2: person. Because if you have an addictive personality, that's you're gonna it. get hooked. If you don't have an addictive personality, you're gonna try and say, Oh, this is not my thing. Yeah. And it's and for those listening, let me be very clear. Yes. Do not try it. Yes. Do not try yeah. it. And just, don't, don't, don't let people yourself. talk you into saying, Oh, try everything once. No, that's bullshit. No. You don't need to try everything and, once. And, and you I'm, don't I'm, need to jump off a bridge and know it's gonna kill you. And I'm here to attest. So, I've never even tried it once.
1: Yeah. I'm not and I never I always say that, I always have to stipulate it. I'm not sitting here saying I'm holier than anybody. Yeah. I just wasn't in the predicament. I happened to just luckily be around the right people to where I just didn't. I didn't. Yeah, know he right, only ever he drinks alcohol. And, and yeah. yeah, I drink a lot of a lot of liquor. But eventually, as I got older, I realized. Then, when it was start getting offered, I was like, "No, nah, I'm cool." Yeah. But so, so. You ran down the street out of the club, passed out, and now I woke and, up is in the hospital a, is with, is that an overdose. My nose it was, it, just started. It a, it a,
2: a, we're only talking yeah, about it. I don't know. It was a. So, <laughs> so, now <laughs> I think about the smell of it and I start like. <laughs> so I woke up in the hospital <laughs> so Tony with a bunch claims, of tubes.
1: So wait, hold on. Tony claims that when cocaine's near his. his, his Nose itches. Or it starts <laughs> running. Or well, your nose will start running. Instantly sm- okay, and Okay. It's so thick devil's thick advocate them. on that.
2: You can go, I can go to a club right now and I can find the Coke people. I can point them out and the line up and just say <laughs> yeah. he does Coke, she does Coke, <laughs> he go. does Coke. And when you can smell it when someone has it <laughs> on uh-huh. them. Somebody's doing it I can <laughs> smell. smell the chemical wow. in it on your nose. You know the smell. You know true the smell. That. It smells, that. That. smells like and sour cabbage. <laughs> or or <laughs> like shit. sour cabbage, rotten rotten fruit vegetables.
1: Holy shit, I would, I would not even know this. I've been by sour cabbage, yeah. and I never even knew it.
2: <sighs> well, it's on their nose. You can smell it. I mean, it's a keen odor. by sour shit. Because before sour my food wife food. sobered me up, I would do it, and this was years ago, because we've been together for 18 years. I was do, do it, and she'd be like, look at me. And then she goes, are you doing coke now? I'd be like, no. And she's like, no way. oh, my like gosh. She goes, you cabbage. smell like Coke. I'm like, fuck, how does she know this? How did she smell it? And I'm sitting there, and then when you're not on it, and you go to a party, and you smell so you like, oh, shit. That's how she does It's like, you can smell it. It's right Holy there. Holy shit. Did yeah, never it's never a very keen smell. You can smell it. So I agree with you, Tony. So
1: Tony says that his nose is just, and Stacy said what? You I, says,
3: I, I, it just makes me start like having a really fucked up gag reflex I'm like yeah if that's the like, first you, you can feel it like you feel it going down the back of your throat even if you're not doing it if you smell yeah. it like, oh, you're like oh, oh. 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 exactly and Stacy
1: is clean now for four ten
3: By years five, five years. years
2: I'm five. right there with you Stace Yes. When there is you your go. day uh, it was five and a half years ago a year before my kid yeah. Yeah. Nice. for the two of you yeah. yes coke free I haven't done uh anything drug related for about five and a half years Nice.
1: That that's what's up with this guy yeah. so moving on from hollywood and a fucked up life we we test on that enough if you guys wanted to learn more about it listen to all my episodes because everybody that comes on this show has lived the life we all have <laughs> lived it. now so we're going to move on to the savior real quick your second wife
2: the current wife yeah she saved you she saved me how'd you meet her uh, I met her through a friend that I was trying to hit on, and she was the friend of the friend. <laughs> Damn. Nice. And then, oh, so let me, I'm gonna <laughs> give us a run through, we're gonna run through it, okay? <laughs> we're gonna run through this. So I had a girlfriend that I wasn't happy with, and then I met my wife, which was uh, the a friend at the time of a friend that I was trying to hit on, because I wasn't happy in the relationship I was in. So then I gave her my number, and then somehow I bump into my current wife at the mall when with my girlfriend, because we're trying to mendle the relationship. And she sees me, I swear to God, I said I was out of town, and I was trying to see where this relationship was going because I was trying to get out of this one. And we're at the Burbank Mall, and I said, I'm out of town. I'll be back in a couple days. And as I'm in Victoria's Secrets with the girlfriend I was with at the time shopping, holding up lingerie, I look to my right, and there is my current wife, but not my wife at the time, staring at me, looking like deer in headlights, like, I thought you were in Texas, and I'm oh, like, and everything shit. went like boom, boom. Now here's where gets good. The girlfriend sees me and goes, "Why is he staring like that?" And she comes up. She's coming up, and I was like, "We got to go quick." <laughs> I was like, "Let's Dang. go!" Oh my god. So long story short, somehow they both knew something was up. Mm-hmm. So my current girlfriend at the time looked at my phone, found my wife's number. They talked, had a great. That's what four girls hour. do. They Let had a great four-hour conversation. They found, do that. found out. That I was still currently with this girl, but not happy, I guess, is what she said. And then they both three-wayed me. And I'm sorry? Me. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, not, sorry. Not, that well, anyway, anyway. So not Not that kind of way. 3 Not the fun one. We Leave started out stacy. on the worst grounds ever that would ever seem like it would be married with kids later. And... You know, after that call happened and, you know, my current girlfriend and I broke up, then Elena went her own way. Months later happened. I decided to reach out to Elena and say, hey, do you want to try again, start over and try something new? You know, I just didn't know how to get out of the relationship. That's awesome. And we did. And she goes, yes, but you're going to be on a very short fucking leash. And I was like, okay, it's fine. I'll be on the leash. And you proved yourself. And I proved proved, myself. I think the rule was, and she'll laugh if she's hearing this, the rule was when I call you, if you do not pick up, then we are done. If you do not pick up that phone when I call, it, then we're done. Because I think you I have someone girls else.
1: do that to me without being a <laughs> That's the
0: but best. But
1: I said, okay, not. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do
0: that's it.
1: just that's just girls anyway. Yeah, that's just how they are. And you know, eighteen um, years don't, later, I, don't look you, at that one. No, that but one does like, it.
3: I was like, I am a girl.
1: But the one <laughs> you looked at does it. So, no,
3: but I'm I'm gonna so just I she, have to just interrupt that. I just have to. Not all girls are like that. They're
1: not all like that. But you reacted to the threesome comment. So. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> she sure <does>. Not all <laughs> girls are that like that either. She like that. Girl. But, but
1: Stacy loved the threesome comment.
2: Um, so so, uh, so it was still a transition because even when we met, I was still in that party phase. And, and she was trying to battle getting me out of it. So our relationship hit many pivots that was very close to breaking. Yeah. Because I still wouldn't choose. I was still battling choosing my lifestyle I have Yes. Yes in the current lifestyle but i knew in my heart that the right one was here yes. and this was empty go back to what you said the, the empty life when i realized i had an empty life and an empty emotions of everything i i realized i have to choose this or i'm going to lose this and this is the right path i have to let yeah. this go so i cut a lot of the old friends off the only way i could do it was cut friends off i just had to cut them and stop going to these things and then it was a transition and it was a long road even after that it was yeah, but, but that
1: was the beginning of your whole new life. That was it. Healing from yep. your past.
2: Yep. She pulled me out of the darkness. Now,
1: I have a question for you. Do you feel like um, some people in life just always get the bad luck? It's one thing after another thing after another thing. And then you look at other people and they're like, they never have things bad happen to them. It's like it's always good after good after good. And it's like I'm always going through trials and tribulations and being tested and this and that. And then
2: I see these people and it's like nothing happens to them. Do you feel like that's you? I, I feel that some well, – to answer that, just levels to that, but yes. I feel that some people in life have more things happen to them, whether it be to get them ready to help someone else that's going to have it happen. Mm, good. For me – I'm going through a lot as you know right now. And a lot of things personally family wise. My when my parents passed year to year, even though all the dad did all the shit, I still loved them. And I still was your dad. Yeah.
1: For those of you who didn't hear that, both his parents passed in the same year. That's it was hard. That's that's
2: that's and and so I feel like I never understood that. But now, when I had my other my other friends had their parents, I I know the pain they're feeling, so I reached out to them more. I reached yeah. out, and tried to say, "Hey, look, it gets better. It's hard right now, and I know it's like it feels empty, but you just got to keep going. It's going to yeah. get better. The heal it will heal itself." So I always look at, um, always find the good and the bad. But I do feel like some people do get more bad on them because I look others. at
1: your childhood and your upbringing from the kid to the teenager, which we already talked about, and all. I mean, you experienced more. Up until eighteen, that most people ever experienced in a lifetime. Yeah, apparently we have second
2: degree PTSD. Yeah, is what they diagnosed us. And for, and, uh, and
1: and I'm sure we're not seeing that. But again, no. like I told the audience earlier, and these guys, the Jeremy that I know doesn't have PTSD. He's such a freaking badass <laughs> human being. He's so freaking cool, and loves you for you. Yeah, he just cares about you, and he like he he yeah. actually is one of those people that checks in on you, and like, hey, how you doing? I love you. Just want to make sure you're okay. And yeah. he does that and he's got his own shit going on because after the reason I asked that question is everything you've been through in the last year you've been through hell again. Yeah. You had a nephew pass.
2: Yep. A week ago.
1: A week ago. Yeah. Leukemia. You you leukemia. Ten years old. You
2: had a I just wanna say his name. his name is Angus uh Finn. And we're Gilbert. gonna put that on
1: there. Angus Finn. We're Angus gonna leave Finn it in Gilberth there. Gilberth was his name.
2: Yeah. He passed the what? Uh, leukemia, leukemia. Loss and old. then and Ten then
1: you personally had something happen
2: yeah uh, my wife and i were trying for another child another baby and we we uh, you know, were blessed we she got pregnant and four months went by and then we um we lost the baby so
1: so the baby was found that had down syndrome down syndrome so they had and, they were born and on that.
2: other other disabilities other that were going to cause life-challenging so, 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 we had to make a tough call in
1: this last year, I'm just saying, like, you would think that this guy who's been through hell and back as a child and teenager, you think that and you, for those of you who believe in God or the universe and things like that, you think that the, like the universe would be like, All right, this dude's been through <laughs> enough. Let's just okay, we're gonna make the end of his life a little <laughs> bit easier. <laughs> give him
0: a
2: break.
1: But no, but then you, but then you hear that. Have you ever heard that saying that God only tests those who are able to, yeah, like, yeah. God like, doesn't
3: give you what you can't handle exactly. Right.
2: And it's like that thing that you gotta look at it like, well, because not everyone can handle it. Well, that was my original thought, and that's what I originally thought for years was like, why does the universe always beat me up? Why do I always? Why did I have a father that hated me and wanted to take out his anger on us? Why did we yes. have all these things? Why did I? You know, blah 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 blah. I had all these why 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 me? And then the more I became older, the more I started to sit down and just watch how life works mm-hmm. was. It wasn't why me's. It was. It's just life, and it doesn't pick. It it doesn't just pick and choose. It's just life. Yes. And then I took it even further. Then I started to dig deep in the people. I wanted. That's why I always want to get to know people. Because I want to know who they're from, where they're going, what. They're, yeah. And the more you dig, and the more you get inside that circle, you'll find out that you're not alone in all yes, these things. Yes. That they just don't tell you. They put the face on too. They put the pretty speaking face. of that being <laughs>
1: not being alone, thank you for saying that. Yeah. What can you tell people right now that we're right on that moment? Yeah. All the millions of kids that are 10, 11 years old, teenagers that are going through this, adults that went through this that still haven't coped with it. Yeah. What can you tell them when they realize, wait, I'm not alone. I'm here. I'm hearing Jeremy's story right now. He's been through this, and he made it out.
2: Yeah. What, can you, what can you say to them? To just uh, know you're loved. Know you're loved. Somebody loves you. And whether or not it be your parents, it might not be your dad, it might not be your mom, it might not be your siblings, just know that you are loved and that you just got to love yourself too. And you got to not get stuck in that moment because if you do, it will consume you.
1: And they can get out of it, right? Oh yeah,
2: they can get out of you it. Can like no matter yep. how dark and, nope. and shackled they feel like they yep. are, they can get out of it. You correct? have to, you have to find the to make peace with it. You have yes. to. You can't just keep you know. Either there's two types of people that are uh, get abused. Ones that want to sit in it and just talk about, oh I got, abused, I got abused. and that's okay. That's if that's how you do it. That's how you deal with it. Um, you might not obtain your your goals in life. You might not have changed what You're able to obtain, but forgive it let it go get rid of that hate and anger in you and i had to do that i had to just take all that hate and anger to my dad and i said say you know what he's gone it's not going to care i'm not carrying that heaviness with me and i just take it out and when i finally said i i forgive you dad and i sat down one night and i just talked to him like as if he was there yes and i said dad i forgive you and i forgive yeah. you for the things you did to my brothers and I, the things I know you did, the things I don't know you did, I forgive you for That's too. amazing. And and I, I took all that hurt and anger, that dark shit that was just sitting in there. That's when oh, I was like, and whenever I drink, it would come out and I would get mad because I was like, oh, it, I gave it away. I didn't want it. Then I forgave him and I forgave myself. And and my wife helped me with that. She helped yes. me say you need to forgive your father. You, you got to just let it go. So I did, and it, it was gone. And it's easier said than done. Easier that you said it. than done. And for those out there yeah. who
1: haven't been able to do it, yeah. you know what you have to do. Yeah, you have to somehow forgive and but let it. But don't let
2: him affect your him or her or, or her. Done it. Don't let for me it was a him. Yeah, but don't let him or her or them affect yes. your meaning in life. Your meaning is your meaning. Find it.
1: Stacy with a daughter, or Tony Frost anything you, you can think of that you want to ask this amazing Jeremy Cooper
3: something Galbraith. that i noticed a recurring theme just watching you guys and listening to you guys um you keep mentioning how he is that kind of person who genuinely wants to know about you and genuinely checks in on you. That's You're getting out of yourself. That's why you're not victimized by your past is because you're putting your thoughts into somebody else's problems and somebody else's life and what they're doing. And that kind of just lifts all that stuff from you. So I think that's admirable. That's awesome.
2: Thank you. You're welcome. I love helping people. And he does. He's such a fucking loving. It's funny, my wife always laughs at me because she's like, I know if we drive across a homeless man that's got a baby in a cart or some child, you're going to stop and do something. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, I would do. I, I do stop, that with people. I would stop dogs. and say, Hey. And there's, not to say anything, but this to tell you the kind of person I am is I remember driving down the road right here at Riverside in Fulton, and I was rushing to go somewhere, and I saw this guy in the cart with three girls, three baby girls, and he was just looked like he was homeless. And these were daughters of like probably eight down to two and they were outside and cold and wet and I remember his little girl just looking at shivering and I, I everyone else is flying by and I and they were getting off a bus and I said I pulled over and said hey man are, are you guys okay is everything okay and he was like no my kids are cold I'm trying to get back to the hotel because we got evicted out of our place and they're hungry and some guy just literally urinated on my daughter on the bus I'm like are you kidding me and I looked at his daughter and her she was soaked as like is like she's freaking out I was like okay and I said look Listen to me. Get in the back of the car. I I took him over to Ross. <laughs> I called the wife. I said, "But buddy, I'm doing something." And I said, "Just so you know where I'm at." I took him down to Ross. I let the kids pick out a bunch of pants, shirts, and jackets. And I gave him another two hundred dollars to on top of it and said, "This will cover your hotel for the week." Go. And he didn't know what to say. That's and he was. Up. But my wife is like, <laughs> she's like, every time I drive by and I see, I know you're gonna probably stop. I'm like, yeah, I probably am. That's awesome. And I love helping people, man.
1: I'm so glad that we did this. Thank you so much. Because, see, Jeremy co-hosted on a show um, a few weeks back with a guest that went through a lot of personal stuff. And he started revealing stuff as a co-host. Like, <laughs> And we were like, holy shit, I didn't realize the story was like that. Because to me... He, uh, so I've only known him as this nice guy that was so loving I thought this guy has no problems this is how life is I thought this guy had no issues and then come to find out he was a fucked up individual yeah. and a fucked up but yeah. fucked up is a compliment meaning yeah. like the fact that you are who you are but fucked up is like it's an it's attribute to It shows what the human being can do, and I he said I asked him why why did he decide to share the story with everybody? Why did you decide to share the story with the world? And he said to me, I want to help anyone else going through it right now, to know there is hope and light in the world, and you're not alone. So don't feel alone. That you you can't help. That you just have to reach out and let people know what you're going through and to help them. Now it is. Hopefully to inspire others to know our past does not determine your present or future. That is solely on you. We have to rise above the pain and confront it and make peace with it so we do not get stuck in the moment and miss a life that was meant to be beautiful for each of us. I did just that and now have a beautiful family and wife and career. Just love yourself. That's why he's sharing a story. Thank you. Thank you. For, for amazing. For being vulnerable and opening up. Yeah. Because every fucking day there are millions a lot of that kids go through, through on, through the, on yep. the planet. We're just going to talk about the our, our country. There's hundreds of thousands every day that don't know what to do. And that you tell them the story may, gives them hope that there's a way out. They can do it. No. Now, I'm gonna end with a little fun. We don't want to end on a. On a no. Part. We're gonna end on a fun part. We're gonna we're gonna end on a few little questions. Okay. To get to know you, to make you hum, human, and we love you. But man, that was an amazing journey. So thank you, Tony Frost, Stacy Dot, for being here and going for the ride. That's we nice. we want to know. Thanks for getting on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> We want to know. Thanks for having
0: us. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: Jeremy, what are three things I would find in your grocery cart?
2: Cream cheese, uh, orange cinnamon rolls. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cereal. Jesus Christ. (laughs)
3: <laughs> What's an orange, orange. cinnamon roll? Oh, What's an, an orange, orange, Pillsbury
2: cinnamon. orange cinnamon rolls? They're
3: orange and cinnamon? Yeah.
2: Jesus. You ever had them? No, but oh, I will. They're, at, that they're at every store, and you can yeah, find you gotta,
3: them. Like you, like you crack the thing. It's the, the tube that you crack open, up.
2: and you put it in the pan, and you bake them, put the orange icing on so, Oh,
3: it's uh, orange icing. I was orange. trying to of figure out how do they get the oranges in, in there. Tube it's a Yeah, it's I like totally a tube like roll. Only Pillsbury
2: makes them. That's
3: all you would need is Pillsbury for real. That's it. That's
1: it. So what are your top... What are your top three, <laughs> three favorite bands of all time? Oh, uh, it's only three. Come on, Pink Floyd, um,
2: yes. um, Buck Cherry. Yeah, Buck- yeah, Buck- yeah Buck- wait, wait, wait. You heard our episodes with I know. I know. D, right? I, <laughs> I was very upset. I wasn't a host. Well, it. by the <laughs> way, so by the
1: way, it's because of Stacy that we had Stevie D on because she. Uh, that's one. how Stevie D got here.
2: Yeah,
3: ah,
1: no, great. she's Stevie's friend, so she she brought him in.
2: Yeah, I was wondering who knew Stevie. She Stevie. Stevie. Nice, Buck Cherry. Um, you know they have a new one Blink one eighty two.
1: Blink, yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. All yeah. of a sudden, Stacy's like, "I like this guy." He's a cool I like him no. anyway. Come so, on. so Buck Cherry has a new album coming out, like in the next few weeks. I know. Right. I know. Yeah. So, what's one song that you would pick that would be your pump? Like your eye over the tiger?
2: Uh, jump around.
1: Oh, Sydney. Yeah. Jump! 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 This fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> house of house yep, of is that's fucking epic. Dude. You can't not party to that song. <laughs> no, Dang no, now. you can't. Even yeah. if you don't want to party, you still gotta. You're gonna move to that song. Exactly. That's a good call. So, uh, what's your favorite genre of film that you that you want to work on? Uh,
2: genre uh, drama. Drama. Well, drama. Like, uh, drama? Yep, drama. But
1: like specifically like medieval or like... Or uh, World War Two period.
2: World War Two. There you go. See, World that's II it. Period. I
1: like like more Game of Thrones. I, I feel, like, I feel like if
2: I was reincarnated, I feel like I was in that... Era. The 1920s, like oh 1944s. Yeah. I was yeah. in the 1944. I just that feel I'm drawn to that era. I can see you with the freaking hat. Oh yeah, I feel like hey, I was. I had doing? a life in that era. I just how don't are you know. Doing? Yeah, uh, I in the <laughs> war though. In Where the, were the were war, I'm a, drawn a to the Mars war part of it. 1948. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you say?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> New York to
2: Italian, just
1: something I couldn't. I don't know what we doing here.
3: Went around the world real
1: quick. So if I had a closet full of superhero outfits, right there behind Chris, what would you pick? Flash. Oh, Flash! <laughs> and why is that? That tells it. What well, this? See, that tells us all about a human being. And my wife
2: calls me the Flash at parties because yes. I move. I move around so fast that I'm never in one spot. <laughs> I'm
3: glad you clarified yeah. why she calls. She me goes, the don't. Flash. She, would say, she would say. She would say.
2: She would say, don't pull a Flash tonight. I'm like, okay, I'll stay with you. Don't worry. She's exactly. like, don't leave me talking to somebody. And then you're I would, gone. And I'm gone. Yeah. I gotta go to the bathroom. So I'll be right back, and I never yeah. come back. <laughs>
1: exactly. Just talking to everybody. Yeah. Okay, two more. State one statement that would describe your twenty twenty.
2: Uh, twenty twenty. Crap. Crap.
3: (laughs)
1: Yes, exactly. And the final question: If you go back in time for two minutes, two minutes, and face your nine or ten year old self, two minutes, you could kneel down on one knee, and you have two minutes to look him in the eyes. What would you tell him?
2: I would tell him that he's loved and that you end up turning out great and you don't turn out like your father and you're going to be a great man. Yes! Oh!
1: And that is Roll Call the Podcast. We got Jeremy Gilbreth. We got Tony Frost. We have Stacy with the Dodgers, the biggest podcaster. Kirk Caceres. That's how you end the show right there. <laughs> Jeremy, thank you so
2: much. Frank. Thank you, guys. We
1: appreciate you being vulnerable and being real and telling the story so that we can help people. We got to share. And that's what it's all about is sharing with the world what we've been through to help others no overcome it. No, are not alone. Thank you so much. Any last words? Stacy, you Tony Frost. And we are out of here. Good night.